The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. And this week, we mark our 150th broadcast of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Talk Radio Network I don't know how we got to 150. Somewhere along the line, we must have doubled up on some shows because this is not, I don't think, our 150th week. We did, uh, we had a two hour Bianca Palooza in there. So in case you're wondering how we got to this mark so soon, that's probably why. And to sort of mark this 150th show, I've been doing a little pre-show celebrating. So if I sound a little sillier than usual, we're going to blame it on the glass of soda that I had at lunch. Uh, all the caffeine should be make for an interesting show. In all seriousness, though, uh, I do want to thank everybody here at the top of the show for tuning in and supporting us since we launched back in 2010. It's meant a lot to have you here with us each and every week and to continue to provide you the best in all things soap. So while we're speaking of your support, last week's show was such a success that I decided I want to see if lightning can strike twice that's right. We're going to open the phone lines to you, the soap fans, for the entire show to see what you think is hot and not on your favorite soaps. What are your favorite stories right now? Who are your favorite characters? We want to hear from you. The number for today's show is 866-472-5788. We'll also be playing some calls that we received on our new 24-7 caller feedback line. That's the line that we set up to record your calls and your questions for when we're not on the air. So anytime other than right now, the number you need to know is 267-341-7627. You can call, you can leave your comments or questions after the beep, and they may pop up on a future episode of Soap Central Live. We're going to be breaking the show up into segments to talk about each of the four soaps today. First up, we're talking about General Hospital, so let's take a listen to some of the calls that came through on our feedback line over the past week. Take a listen. Hi, this is Brandy Osborne. I am calling from Portsmouth, Arkansas. Um, I am calling to see Jason Morgan. We'll be coming back to General Hospital. He's very sexy. He is handsome. He's basically the reason why I have been watching this show for many, 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 many years. Um, I appreciate it if you would uh, let me know. Thank you. Bye. My name is Chris Cullen from Portland, Oregon. I just uh, wanted to make a comment about General Hospital because I think it's cool that uh, they bring in One Life to Live characters. But at the same time, I grew up watching All My Children and uh, I really want some All My Children alum to maybe start getting featured on General Hospital so we can make it super soap. That way, you know, we don't have to have all three anymore. We can just have one, and it still will cover all three bases because I think that's really cool. 
and I also think they should bring in uh, Kelly Massal and uh, Trevor St. John. Just wanted to leave you those comments. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful evening. Those are some of the calls that we got to our 24-7 caller feedback line over the past week. And again, if for some reason you can't be part of the show here live on Fridays, you can always call into our caller line, leave your comments and questions, and we'll make sure that you are a part of the show when we do air live. The number is 267 341-7627. That is not a toll-free number, but you're welcome to call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Again, 267-341-7627. But the number that you need to worry about today when we are live on the air is our usual 866-472-5788. And we have one person on the line who's used that number to call in and be part of the show. It is our General Hospital Two Scoops columnist, Liz Masters, who is going to be here to help me guide through some of the conversation and some of the things that you said. Liz, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And hello, everybody. (laughs) Well, Liz, before we get into the calls that we heard from Brandy and Chris, there was a call last week from Julie in New York, and she sort of picked up on something that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago in your Two Scoops column, she wanted to know if Faison was returning to General Hospital. And of course, last week, Tammy Lou weighed in with her thoughts. But since uh, you really seem to be the one who's got the ball rolling on this, where did this come from, of all places? Why Faison, and you know what made that come into your head that you'd put it in a Two Scoops column? Well, you know, uh, it, it really boiled down to what would make sense here, um, I do remember Duke and Anna from years ago. I mean, I was a little bit younger and everything, but he just wasn't the type of person that would, I don't think, would put Anna through all this grief over losing Robin. And that's really important because you have to ask yourself, what, what would motivate Duke to do this? And I started thinking, well, what if he isn't really Duke? Who would put Anna through this kind of pain? Who would use Robin? Who... And it started clicking to me. You know, I remember when Lucky died in the fire, and everybody believed that Lucky died, and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, we see Lucky being held by Cezanne. Cezanne and Anna have history. They have a lot of history. When Anna disappeared for all the, what, 20 years, it was because of Cezanne. So it made sense to me that, you know, if anybody's going to come back and is going to target Anna, who's going to maybe have a little bit of history with Sonny, too, it's going to be Faison. And now, this is a soap opera. Anybody can have plastic surgery and look exactly like the person that they want, well, even what, age. A, what about the fingerprints? <laughs> they took the guy's fingerprints. Well, you know, look, look at the, the General Hospital DNA test. Who takes a DNA test anymore at General Hospital and says, yeah, this is accurate? No, nobody takes it. It's like, like I said in my column, it's like getting a magic eight ball, you know, and shaking it up and going, eh, who's the father of my baby this week? You know, and the answer is, who knows? <laughs> so that's more accurate than a general hospital DNA test. If he has the money, keep in mind that a couple of weeks ago, um, all the rich people in town got together and paid this ransom that Jerry was supposed to give to somebody for the cure of the of whatever was ailing Jerry Jack, um, he's got that money. And if you have $88 million and conceivably more, because I think Jerry said it was a down payment um, or a part of a payment or a final payment, he's got more money 
how hard is it going to be to access the Port Charles Police Department computer system like Spinelli does on a regular basis and change your fingerprint? Well, while you're shaking some eight balls over there, <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Let's talk about something else that maybe a magic eight ball could use to see into the future. You know, you ask it questions and the eight ball gives you an answer. Let's take mm-hmm. a look at what Chris from Portland, Oregon mm-hmm. said, where he'd mentioned that he wants to see some All My Children characters on General Hospital to make a, a so-called super soap, which is an ironically uh, chosen bit of names, considering <laughs> that there was Super Soap Weekend. If you were to shake your magic eight ball, what do you think it would say about the possibility of some Pine Valley residents popping up in Port Charles? Yes, 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 yes. It would come up all the time. Oh, just keep rolling on that yes answer. You and really think so? Who, oh, uh, you know what? It, it's such a rich history. And they mentioned Pine Valley several times. So there has been a little bit of hinting going on that maybe down the road we might see somebody from Pine Valley. Uh, remember when um, uh, Heather was on the lamp and she was talking about going to Pine Valley. So they've kind of touched on it. Anna has ties to Pine Valley. David Hayward, he had Project Orpheus, and now we have all these dead people coming back. So, you know, you can kind of say maybe the person behind this doppelganger, as I call him, um, you know, is actually David Hayward. I mean, and he would be interested in Anna and anything that would have to do with Anna. So I would say... There's a very good chance that we will eventually see somebody from Pine Valley. If nobody else, Sky. Sky's going to come. That's exactly what I was going to get to. And when you think about whether or not you're, you want these. As a general hospital fan, if you're someone who isn't particularly thrilled that maybe some uh, One Life to Live characters have popped up and maybe some All My Children characters and you're thinking, hey, I'd like to keep the show focused on general hospital characters, let's look at the ones that they've brought in. When Sky returns, Sky got her start as a character on All My Children, later mm-hmm. moved to One Life to Live where she, mm-hmm. I think she had interaction with pretty much Every One Life to Live character that has since moved over to General Hospital, and of course, Sky appeared for a long run on General Hospital. So it almost seems like this isn't just happenstance. That like they just didn't reach out and say, "Eh, let's get these actors and these characters." It seems as though they've gone for actors and ca- or characters, particularly that have interactions with other characters that they could ke- conceivably make and bring into the fold. It seems really smart. Oh, I agree. I mean, you know, if you look at soap operas over the years, you've always had an introduction of new characters. And a good portion of the time is spent trying to develop these characters, you know, so that the fans will like them. And it just seems like it would just be the most logical thing to do, go back to the two really popular ABC soaps, and I don't care, you know, what Disney said about their ratings and everything. I believe that soaps are a lot more popular than the ratings are giving them credit for. But that's another argument, another day. Um, but why not pluck these wonderful, rich characters from these soaps and bring them in? And you know what? All anybody has to do is go to SoapCentral.com, click on Character Profiles, and you can read all about them since the moment they were conceived. In some cases, literally. 
So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whether or not they're 12 now and they were only conceived last year, right. that's beside the point. <laughs> but, you know, so why not pluck these great characters who have wonderful history, David Hayward being an example, and I was talking about Project Orpheus, where you can actually bring this into the fold. You can, you can, you know, mix it up, and you can have a built-in fan base to boot. I mean, it just, it, it, it just, it's a win-win situation. I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't do it. You know, you know and I, now they have, you're right. I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't do something, even if it's short term, just right. to to get some folks in for whatever reason. You can make a, a number of arguments. General Hospital's ratings are up over last year, so you can argue yeah. that it's uh, that they brought in One Life to Live characters and One Life to Live fans are now tuning in. You can argue that it's the new time slot, that when One Life to Live was on, which would have been in, in the time slot that General Hospital is on now, its ratings were really, really zooming, and a lot of times it was the highest rated ABC soap. So mm-hmm. you can argue that it's a time switch. You can argue that... Uh, you know, people are, are invested more in soaps now because there's fewer of them and, and fewer to spread out the ratings. You can say that it's the new executive producer and the head writer. There's a lot of arguments to me be made, but at the end of the day, the ratings are up, and that's a good thing. And I think General Hospital is the probably the most improved in terms of ratings of the four oh, yeah. soaps that are left. I mean, General Hospital, if you look, at where General Hospital was this time last year, and you look at it today, it is like night and day. Fans are energized. They are loving this show. I mean, if you go to the message boards, I mean, you'll always see complainers. There's always complainers. But overall, you see people are so excited about the show, the storylines, the returns. And, and, of course, you can't keep this momentum going with returns. I mean, eventually, you know, it, it's... You're going to wear thin on the, you know, shocking back from the dead returns. But, you know, I want to use two examples. We have Sabrina and we have Britt, two new characters that were kind of introduced uh, within the last six months on General Hospital. Now, um, you know, Sabrina, she she's more like than I think Britt is. She's being, you know, kind of groomed as the evil stepmother type thing. But if you brought in, for example, Brooke English or um, Erica Kane, Look at the huge amount of fans you're going to have, the instant love you're going to have, and and just the kind of chemistry that they would have with other characters. You don't have to focus so much on development. You can focus on story. And I think the story is what is having us tune in every day. I mean, I am excited to find out what's going to happen with AJ and Carly. I am so waiting for that showdown. <laughs> no idea. And I love that Cartini is, actually sticking to the program here. You know, they're not rewriting the past in, like, this major sweeping way. A little few tweaks, but that's okay. We Um, are, we're, I want to get to two other things since we're running a little bit long for this segment. One, I want to see if something works. Boo! Did you pass out? (laughs) Did you fall and hit your head? (laughs) Oh, my God, that was the best scene. I love that scene. So okay, you know, so it didn't really Charlie work. Fan, but I love when she just hit that floor. I mean, she was like, ah. <laughs> well, Liz Masters, I want to thank you for dropping by and helping me wade through all the stuff that people are saying about General Hospital. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Well, everybody, I 
interested in knowing who you think is the man behind the mask at the end of today's General Hospital. You can call in to 866-472-5788. And don't forget, you can also tweet with us. It's Soap Central Live on Twitter. We have maybe one other theory before we go to commercial break. We have another Two Scoops columnist, Jennifer Biller, who is on the line and wants to talk to us. Jennifer, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Uh, we're having a little bit of some issues getting Jennifer, so we're going to take a break. We'll hopefully have Jennifer when we come back. We'll have some of your calls, and we'll also be talking about days of our lives. So stay tuned, everybody. Soap Central Live will be back in just about two minutes. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Before we went to break, you heard that we were trying to connect with another Two Scoops columnist, Jennifer Biller. She apparently wanted to get in on some of the action and not let Liz Masters have the entire spotlight. So, Jennifer, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thank you, Dan, but I'm happy to share the spotlight. <laughs> well, we're glad to hear that. We don't want to have uh, anybody thrown down a well in order to <laughs> compete for Two Scoopdom here. <laughs> I'll try so, to control myself. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you'll be on your best behavior. This is going to be your week for Two Scoops column. So I know that there's a lot of stuff that you wanted to talk about, particularly you're very excited about the return of Lucy Coe and the Nurses Ball. Why is this such a big deal for so many GH fans? Dan, I am like a kid at Christmas. I'm absolutely <laughs> giddy about this news, and I think... It just was a time in GH's history where 
it was so entertaining to watch. Everyone loves a big party, and daytime has really gotten away from doing that, as you know. I know it's budget issues and everything, but when you have the whole cast uh, in the same room and there's all these different plots going on at the same time, and who doesn't love song and dance numbers? And really, the folks on these shows are so talented. I mean, they, they act, but they also have really other they're great singers, they're good dancers. It's just fun for the fans, and we've been wanting it for more than a decade, and they're listening to what we want, and it's really ex- an exciting time to be a General Hospital fan. Is there one particular number, a song and dance number, or a performance from a past nurse's ball that sticks out in your mind as the best of the best? The best of the I recently rewatched them all because um, with it coming back, it just got me started thinking again. There are so many good... I like comedy. Um, one that really made me laugh and I still think of today is Catherine and Lucy Coe and the Diamonds Are Forever deal. They were constantly trying to one-up each other. Their gowns were gorgeous. It was just a glamorous number. Um, but the most po- the poignant moments are the ones that really, I think, stick with you, too. Um, there was a song, When Angels Cry, by Janice Ian. Um, they showed the AIDS quilt. And the reaction, the, the people that we know in the cast really weren't doing anything. The camera just panned to them. And Robin was crying, and Mac was holding her. Sonny had tears in his eyes. AJ, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was just a beautiful song. But there were so many, it's hard to choose. The Wizard of Oz uh, theme from 95, when Emily was Dorothy, and Tony was the Scarecrow, and Alan was the Cowardly Lion. And The Big Spender, I love that one. I think that was 98, with uh, Lucy and Brenda and Karen, and I think her name was Dara, Dara. Yeah. And uh, oh, oh, my one of my favorite. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting. Um, <laughs> there's okay. too many. See how excited I am, Dan. I see. Yeah, there was one with um, the the thank heaven for little girls. It started out with Mac and Robin and Scott and Serena and Edward and then and Emily and then it turned into girls just want to have fun. That was a fabulous one. There are so many things that uh, I mean. It was a highlight of the show for so long. One of the questions that I have that I have to wonder about this is originally the Nurses Ball was held in conjunction to promote HIV AIDS awareness among viewers. Now, certainly things are a lot different than in the 1990s. There's a lot more awareness. There's a lot more of testing. Uh, you know, there's a lot more medication. Do you think that there's any difference? I mean, uh, in terms of a educational standpoint, do you think that the Nurses Ball will continue to focus on that, or do you think that they'll have a different sort of tactical approach since the public awareness of HIV-AIDS has changed so much in the past decade? Well, obviously, we're, as, a, as a nation, we're much more educated about it than we were back in, when did this start, 90, what, 94? Um, it's, it is a whole uh, different perspective that we're bringing to it as viewers as we watch it. So I, I remember AJ was sitting at the table calling it a plague or some craziness, and then Stone, you know, basically told them that, you know, he had HIV. And I think we are, as an audience and as the characters, are coming to it entirely um, from a different perspective because, you know, everyone knows that Robin has it in Port Charles. So I think it will be a little different. I think that maybe it will be a tribute to, still to those who are fighting that battle and losing their lives and and maybe just uh, a fundraiser type of thing to continue the research to provide medication. Maybe they will talk about, um, you know, other countries and the effort to get medications that don't, um, you know, they don't cost but pennies a day to provide those medications. I think 
um, in, in other countries. So I think it may shift a little bit, but I also think it will still be a tribute to those who have lost their lives to this disease or still currently fighting it. We are uh, coming up almost on the end of our, our GH segment, but I have to ask, looking forward to the possibilities of who may be performing at the Nurses' Ball, do you have any any performances tucked away in the corner of your mind that you're secretly holding out hope that you might be able to see performed on the show? My head is exploding with possibilities. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, after watching after it too, I'm like, I'm really glad they're bringing Lucy back because she she was a great performer and she has such comedic talent. It, it's I love to watch her perform anything. I would love to see Ned stroll in in his leather pants and break out the Eddie Main. I would love to see any of the quarter mains. Uh, I know there's not many left, but there was a routine that AJ and Jason did that was hysterical uh, back in the early 90s. I, and I'm hoping we'll see um, Johnny or Spinelli, uh, lots of and, – and the thing I really love about the Nurses' Ball, it's people that you don't normally think about getting up and entertaining, like Edward. I never thought we'd get up and, you know, he would get up and we'd hear him sing, but these are the kinds of things. But I am looking forward to anyone who will perform, I will gladly take it. <laughs> I'm so do excited. We, I can't wait. Do we think that the, the big finale, the big climax will be Robin breaking out of wherever she's being held and crashing the nurse's ball? <laughs> and then Lucy ending up in her underwear. That has to be, that has to happen. That is a tradition. Uh, that would be a great surprise if that happened. But they have nurses chorus line. Uh, we don't have a lot of nurses left. We have Liz. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I, I think I'm just so thrilled, and I can't say thank you to the show honchos, the new regime who have taken over the show, because it is really, there's just new life in General Hospital, and it's such a thrill for us fans who have really put up with, I think, kind of a decade of sort of losing touch with our core families and the things we have always loved about General Hospital. I'm just giddy right now. Well, I will let the giddiness continue so you can get to work on your Two Scoops column. I know that fans are anxious to check it out this weekend. Jennifer, thanks so much for calling yeah. in. And can you tell the fans, too, I'd like to hear there what they would like to see at the Nurses' Ball, too. Absolutely. We'll get it going on Twitter, Facebook, and, of course, on SoapCentral.com. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having thanks. me. Absolutely, Jennifer. All right, everybody, we are talking about things that are coming back on General Hospital. Well, for folks who watch another soap, on November 8th, 1965, television viewers were introduced to the town of Salem, USA. Now, here we are 47 years later, and they're still up to their shenanigans. Some cases, they're up to the same stuff now that they were up to back then. So today, we're going to be discussing some of our favorite days of our lives, memories, moments, characters, anything that we can think of. There's even a special blog on SoapCentral.com this week to count down 47 reasons why you should be watching Days of Our Lives. We're going to bring in one of the authors of that. It's our very own SoapCentral.com Two Scoops columnist, Tony. Tony, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm always glad when uh, we can add another reason for fans to watch a soap. Of course, it means it's another year on the air. So let's talk about some of the reasons that people should be watching Days of Our Lives. In no particular order, you don't have to count all of them down, but what are some of the reasons on the list? Well, uh, the top ten were, you know, pretty special to Larissa and I because we, you know, of course, we have our little soap uh, days discussing happy hour together on the phone and we, you know, <laughs> you know, brainstorm over the list. And, like, you know, number one for every year, and it's kind of like a tradition with us, just like the Hortons, you know, hang their Christmas tree balls, that we have to pick just the opening. Like, the opening is just so iconic, and hearing McDonald Carey's voice is just like, 
you know, even when you're mad at the show, you hear that and you're like, oh, thank you, Tom Horton. You're pulling me back in. <laughs> so it's, 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 you know, like that's always our number. Like we, we debated with it this year and we're just like, no, it's, 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 that's number one still. So that was number one. And then, you know, of course, like some of the things that rounded out the top 10 were, um, you know, John, John Black saying that's a fact. <laughs> it's just like another that's... day staple that is, you know, as endearing as it is cheesy. And we just, you know, we just love it. And I even do my uh, sign out with it every week. Cause it, and it just started as kind of like a tongue-in-cheek joke. But, you know, it's kind of one of those like little things that Ace throws you that you're like, okay, they even throughout the different writing regimes, they remember, you know, what's what the fans like. And that's, you know, one of them. And of course, and if, you know, maybe someone who maybe, you know, glanced at my column may have uh, picked up on, I'm a little excited that Kristen Demera is back. Um, I've heard, I've heard. Yeah, so that made our top ten. Okay, you mentioned in the the last bit there, you know, that the show is trying to figure out what fans like, and they know this and that. From all of the feedback that you're getting, uh, Larissa was here last week, and she was brought in on the discussion between fans who like the Wilson, that's the Will and Sonny storyline, and folks who aren't necessarily in favor of seeing that play out but taking that aside or if you want to delve into that what are some of the topics that you're hearing in your feedback from fans that has really got them excited you know i mean the, the wilson feedback stuff that's definitely a heated uh heated debate and you know i kind of touch on that in my column but it's kind of like a hot pot that you know if you don't have to grab it without a pot holder i'm just going to leave that one to the side um <laughs> But, yeah, you know, a lot of feedback lately has been, um, you know, the people love seeing Kristen back. And also another big thing has been just, you know, Jammy kind of, EJ and Sammy kind of becoming kind of slowly bubbling back together. And I think that, and like, I know there was a recent interview with uh, Ken Corday, and that's kind of, you know, he hinted that, you know, that might be a reality soon. So I think a lot of people are finally, like, getting their dusty Jammy flags out and, like, waving them even harder than they did before. When we get to things that are controversial, obviously the Wilson storyline, and um, Larissa also said that uh, who they'd like to see Sammy with seems to be one of the things that people either uh, love to disagree about. Is there anything else that you found is really a, a contentious issue among fans, things that either the writers need to resolve quickly, or maybe it's something that they're going to enjoy stringing out just to get fans sort of heated and and arguing and bickering and to keep the the show being talked about. What are some of the other contentious issues? One thing that I have picked up on lately, and, you know, I've kind of been on the, you know, the same side as most of the fans, is just how they've been writing Jennifer lately. Um, As you know, like, Jack died off the show in August when, you know, he literally plummeted in the elevator. And it's just been like, since then, it's like she barely, they've barely shown her being like the grieving widow we kind of expect Jennifer Horton to be, especially after losing, you know, part of her super couple status. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of fans have been, you know, very up and up in arms about that, and myself included, because I mean, you know, I, I liked Jennifer and Daniel before Jack came back, and even when he was back, I still kind of liked them as a couple, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of too quickly to get them back together, and you know, I realize the writers want to have them in the same orbit, and that's great because you need a slow burn. But, yeah, Jennifer is just very much not the grieving widow that I think a lot of us expect her to be, and it's really hurting the character because I think a lot of times now, you know, even little things the character does, it kind of annoys us now because we're just like, okay, where, where's Jennifer at? 
You know, I think, too, one of the things with Days of Our Lives, more than any of the other soaps, uh, the three that are, are left with us, and even the the shows that aren't with us anymore, I cannot remember a time when there was a soap that was taping so far in advance. When you're talking about shows from almost February that are being taped right now and we're in November, it just seems that, to me... That would work against a show because they have such limited time then to be able to fix a storyline that fans aren't liking. If they're taping for February and fans don't like a story now, you're talking December, January, February, three months from now. So it's going to take three months to fix something that maybe isn't working. Have you seen this? Do you have any examples of things that might have been able to have been fixed had they not been taping so far ahead? Um, that's a very wonderful point. That's something that's concerned me actually about days and, you know, for a while now, just because, like you said, I mean, we're talking February now, and that's, that's a long time to be stuck with a storyline that you don't like. Um, you know, the, the whole Nicole, Daniel, uh, Jennifer thing kind of had a little wrap up this week to some degree. So, you know, I think next week we're going to start with kind of the recovery phase of that, which I think is a good thing. Um, you know, the, the, uh, what was it? Kind of the stuff that they did like before the whole days days after storyline, a lot of that needed wrapped up fast. And I think that the days after it did it quickly, but I think at the same time it's just kind of you know when you're an everyday fan, you just kind of like have whiplash a little bit. And even like the fact that like you know, and not that I'm a safe fan, but the fact that you know Sammy and Rafe basically got together one week, and by the end of the week they were like their relationship was blown out of the water again. So it's just it's all moving really fast and. I, I know some some of it's necessity, but some of it's just a little bit jarring for fans because they're just like it. It just kind of drives inconsistencies with the characters that you you know come to realize like okay, this is why so and so would do this. You know, so it's kind of like they're one day they're in love with so and so, and the next day it's it's boom. What was that about? Oh yeah, we dated one. <laughs> so it's I kind would, of jarring. Yeah, I would be remiss if I did not address some of the emails that I've gotten personally and folks who are following both Soap Central Live and The Soap Central on Twitter have mentioned, they seem to have noticed that in celebrating Kristen's return to the show, there has been maybe some uh, jabbing at the expense of Marlena, that perhaps you guys, both you and Larissa, are a little too hard on Marlena. What do you have to say for yourself? Are you just being a Marlena hater? <laughs> uh, well, Marlena and I, just like Sammy and Marlena, have had a long history together. <laughs> so we have a very rock, rocky history, I, I guess you could say. And it's actually, if you've ever followed, like, you know, people who follow the column, you know, pretty frequently, they'll they'll know that I have this love-hate relationship with Marlena. And it's 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 like, you know, when the character is awesome, when she's has a backbone and she's standing up for somebody or, you know, taking on Stefano, she's completely awesome and it's, it's great. But then she can turn into like kind of, oh God, I'm going to get backlash, but kind of a hypocrite sometimes. <laughs> and, and just, it just, you know, goes back and forth between this awesome character and this character that you just want to choke. And I think sometimes it's like, you know, it, she kind of lands in the middle with me. So I'm just kind of like, ah, you know, you know, I respect Marlene's place in the history of the show, but, uh, you know, I think that actually Kristen being back is a great thing for her because it gives her her fight back. And it just, you know, gives her more of a storyline. And I think that, you know, the fans of the actors and the characters, you know, definitely think, you know, that has to be a good thing to celebrate by all. 
The opinions expressed on Soap Central Live are those of the guests and not necessarily of me. <laughs> We've done the uh, pleasure of tweeting Tony's Twitter address so you can actually uh, chat along with him on Twitter and find out what he's up to in his blog and in the Two Scoops column so folks can uh, interact. I think it's great. One of the things that I'm finding out is that fans like to hear the Two Scoops columnists here on the show and to interact with them on Twitter because it's a, it's a different format. Certainly, after reading columns that people have written for years, to hear their voice is amazing, to be able to sort of have that in the back of your mind while you're reading a column and then being able to interact with folks outside of that so that you can get questions. I'm sure in any given week you guys get tons of questions or comments that you're able to write back to people and, and, and sort of have a, a line of communication. And that's what soap fans, to me, is what I think that they really want. They like to be able to hear from other people who are just like them, who are investing their time in these shows and the characters and the stories and sometimes like stories and sometimes don't like stories. I mean, is that something that you picked up on as well, or am I just completely moving into Sigmund Freud territory? No, totally. And, 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 you know, it's it's actually very, you know, surreal, like the whole, you know, being voted on the island of two scoops. You know, we've been doing it for since September of 2007. So, you know, this, you know, quite a while now, five years. And it's just amazing, like every time you get feedback that like, you know, somebody takes the time to write back to something you've, you know, said or written. And just, you know, it's, it's just a really, truly humbling feeling. And it's just, it never goes unappreciated. So it's, and it does it. Sometimes it really like, you know, when you get an impassionate fan and they're, you know, this is why this is happening or, you know, what I think about it. And it, it does sometimes, like, it's totally changed my mind in some cases where I've been like, yeah, you know, I was being a jerk or I was being a little hard on, you know, per se Marlena. <laughs> so it, it's great to have that discussion and just, you know, just the support. It just, it's, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, rushing for a deadline and you're, you know, you know, be like, no, oh absolutely. God, I, I messed up this this sentence. I wish I would have said this. And then you get feedback that's just like, Hey, you know, I can't wait to read your column. It's like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the group hug. So it's, I have an it's interesting, definitely. it's sort of an interesting thing before we're almost out of time for this segment. Um, 47 years of Days of Our Lives, I've mentioned that. I'm going to go out on a limb since, uh, you know, people don't necessarily know everything about us, but I'm going to assume that 47 years of Days of Our Lives, that the show has been around longer than you have. Would I be correct in that assumption? You would be very correct in that assumption. <laughs> so here comes the weird question. Is there a memorable moment or something that you know about the show that sticks out in your mind that's from a time before you were a Days fan, before you were watching the show? So what from the past that predates you is something that you know all about that's sort of Days legend for you? Um, actually, the, the one thing that always sticks to me is uh, Mar Marie Horton, her earliest storylines. Um, when I, you know, I, I have several Dave books, and I've always, you know, read them, and I'm especially intrigued by the parts that I haven't seen. And then um, I was doing, um, actually, updating the character profiles a couple of years ago, and, like, I noticed Marie's is a little bit, you know, short. And then I found, like, all this, like, rich history about, like, her and this uh, gentleman named Tony and his father, Craig, and basically, you know, they you know, she was in love with the son and then he got some sort of illness and like abandoned her before their wedding and the father was there left to pick up the pieces and they fell in love and got married. And it, it was just a really like, you know, you know, it's a storyline that we've seen nowadays, but it was just for the time you have to think like that was you know, very provo provocative and just, it was very original and I just, I've always loved the character of Marie. So it was, it was kind of like one of those things that's just like stuck to me. I'm just like, that's, you know, 
I always think when you want a powerful storyline to go back on, like that's definitely one of them. Well, everybody, if you want to read more from Tony and you want to find out more about what's going on in Days of Our Lives, don't forget to check out our Two Scoops section on SoapCentral.com. Tony, thanks so much for dropping by. Oh, thanks for having me, Dan. Everybody, we're going to be back to talk about The Bold and the Beautiful and The Young and the Restless. So stay tuned. Soap Central Live will be back in just about, oh, a minute and a half or so. See you then. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. We are in the final segment of today's show, so we're going to talk about the bold and the beautiful and the young and the restless, and we're going to bring on somebody who is the only person on SoapCentral.com right now to be writing columns for two soaps. So I figured what better way to get into what's going on in Genoa City and on B&B than bringing her aboard. Allison J. Waldman, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. How are you doing today? I am wonderful, and it's so good to talk to you. Same here. Okay, so there's a lot going on on The Bold and Beautiful for a 30-minute show. Uh, you know, today we've started the send-off, the celebration of life, I guess we're going to call it, for Susan Flannery's Stephanie Forrester. And there are a lot of people who are really sort of down in the dumps to know that they're going to be without Stephanie at some point in time in, in the very near future. Let's let you weigh in on what you're hearing from fans. How are they how are they feeling? How are they coping? Are they going to continue to watch the show after Stephanie passes away? I think a lot of people feel like they're losing um, not only a major catalyst on the show, but somebody who's sort of uh, been part of their extended family. You know, this is a character that's been on since day one of the show, 25 years. And uh, she's been 
so thoroughly ingrained in every aspect of the storylines, good or bad, you know, positive or negative, that uh, most people can't fathom how the show is going to go on without her. Well, the show, as I mentioned, starting today and going for the next two episodes, be Monday and Tuesday of next week, they're doing a celebration of Stephanie's life. What are some of the moments from 25 years, what are some of the moments that stand out for you as moments that should definitely be celebrated as some of Stephanie's finest moments? Well, I have a feeling that what they're going to do is celebrate more of the comic moments. They're going to emphasize her relationship with uh, Darlene Conley's character, Sally Spectra, and some of the uh, more outrageous things that she's done with uh, with Brooke and the Catherine Kelly Lang's character. Uh, but to me... I would like to see them go to the dark side, but I just don't think the storyline is set up for that. I mean, when you consider some of the really negative, nasty stuff that uh, that Stephanie's done over the years, <laughs> the the time that she basically uh, invited a, a rapist to go after Brooke, uh, then she tried to steal her children away from her, uh, and that's only in like the last you know five or ten, five five six years. Uh, her whole uh, rationale for keeping Ridge away from Brooke has been the central force in his character's life. I don't think they're going to really get into that because they've sort of uh, homogenized uh, Stephanie in her waning days so that we're only seeing the positive side of, of Stephanie. We're only going to see the good and the sweet. We're not going to really see the bold and the nasty. Well, fortunately, your two-scoop partner, Mike, wrote a column that's posted on the site this week that lists Stephanie's 10 most evil moments, so fans yes, can I go and that. check that out. Quite, quite good. <laughs> can go out and check that out before we get to the, to the sappy part. But you mentioned someone else who is also certainly one of the core four on The Bold and the Beautiful. You mentioned Brooke. We have a caller on the line from North Carolina who has a question about something that may or may not be taking place with Brooke in the near future. So let's bring on Cynthia from North Carolina. Cynthia, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. Thank Hi. you. Hi, Cynthia. Hi. So I know that you have a question about something that you think may or may not be going on with Brooke. What is it that you think might be going on? I just wanted to know if they were going to seriously consider having Brooke and Dollar Bill get together. Allison? Well, it sure looks that way, Cynthia, and I kind of feel, I kind of get the sense that you feel like I do, that it is wrong, wrong, wrong. And not only is, would it be terrible for Brooke to be going after Katie's husband when Katie is in such a vulnerable position going through postpartum depression, but I really don't like the fact that Brooke isn't mourning the end of her relationship with Ridge more. I mean, she was, that she should be devastated over the loss of the man of the love of her life and not looking at any other man. So to me, this is a case where I think Brad Bell might be rushing into Brooke and Dollar Bill a little too fast for my taste. What, what do you think? I think so. But on the other hand, Katie did go after her niece's husband. So I guess kind of out of fair play. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you have a, a man writing the show instead of a woman, huh? <laughs> So well, let's. What do you want to see, Cynthia? What do you want to see Brooke doing? I mean, how long could she, in theory, sit and pine away for Ridge? She has to do something. Well, is that a question for me or for Cynthia? That's for Cynthia. Okay. 
Oh, she could leave, you know, Ridge went on a vacation, she could go on a vacation, and that would give us a break from Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's one, one possibility. And before I let you go, I know that you're also a Y&R fan. What do you think about what's going on in The Young and the Restless? What are some of your favorite things over there at the moment? Who, oh, for me? Yes. Oh. Right now, I'm trying to figure out how this man found Victoria to taunt Billy with. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Great question, Cynthia. That is a big, a big loophole in the story. They have not explained that one at all. Exactly. Well, Cynthia, I want to thank you for calling in and chatting about the soaps. Hopefully, we'll get to hear from you again in the future. All right. Keep reading, Cynthia. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, Allison, you're talking loopholes. Let's talk about this loophole. And are there any other loopholes on Y&R that you think maybe need to be explained or sewn up? Yeah, I think I think the change in head writers have left us with a couple of dangling uh, dangling storylines. Uh, Ricky's uh, quote unquote murder, for example. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to see a quick wrap up to that. And uh, frankly, I think that was a terribly written story. And I don't I don't see how that's going to come to a satisfactory conclusion because. Uh, I don't think they really know how to end it other than just, you know, find some shred of evidence and, Chris, you know, Christine will come back and say, look what I found, I found the tape, and then they'll exonerate Paul and that'll be the end of it. And we'll never really know what the hell happened to the knife and who was the woman in the in the uh, shadows in the alleyway and why was somebody framing Paul. I don't think we're going to get into any of that. And I also think another storyline that we're not going to get very far with is the Heather-Danny romance. Now that we know that uh, Jennifer Land- Landon is leaving the show, uh, I think they're just going to write her off, and that'll be the end of that romance, much the way you know Harmony was written off, and that was the end of her romance with Neil. And then the biggest chunk of storyline that I think is just going to fall by the wayside is Restless Style. I mean, uh, nobody's running that magazine, and the TV show has pretty much disappeared. Uh, we don't know what happened to Abby. The last we saw Abby, she was talking to Carmine about other things to do with her $500 million, and then she's disappeared. Billy's not worried about Restless Style. He took a job at Newman Enterprises. Uh, <laughs> Chloe claims that she's still a stylist for Restless Style, but is anybody actually producing a magazine or an online publication? I don't think so. <laughs> Now's the time for us to storm the building and take over. But something, <laughs> something, something that you mentioned that in the last segment Tony mentioned as well with Days of Our Lives is that sometimes when something isn't working on a show and they end up getting rid of the writers and they bring in new writers – there's a period of transition. Yeah. Sometimes it's harder than others to regroup and to get things working well, and sometimes you just have to sort of let things that weren't working disappear and hope nobody notices. Do you have any examples in your extensive soap history where there have been really, truly seamless transitions from writing staff where you know there weren't so many unanswered questions that were left? You know... Unfortunately, I can't think of anywhere there where there have been ones. I, I will say this though about Young and the Restless. Maybe this is more on the production side than the writing side, but I do love the new look and feel of Young and the Restless. I think you can definitely feel Jill Farron Phelps's hand there. The show seems to be moving at a quicker pace. 
we're seeing new sets. We're seeing new. Uh, I mean, they they now we're Glowworm is gone, so we're going to definitely get a new restaurant. Uh, we're definitely seeing characters going in different directions. We're going to get a new Newman Ranch, obviously. Uh, there's definitely a new wind blowing through Genoa City, and I like it. I really, really like it. I love. Uh, the, I, I've talked. I've written about this. I, I think the emphasis on Nick's relationship with Avery is terrific. I think she's a, a very a character that was underused for quite a while, and I think they see something very, uh, very positive there to go for. And she can truly be the antithesis of Phyllis. So you can continue having Phyllis as sort of the you know uh, witch on wheels, and Avery is more <laughs> of the good character. And they have this dynamic being sisters, and they're going to be fighting over the same man. So to me, that's a great thing. By the way, I mentioned that I forgot to mention one of the storylines that I think they completely dropped a long time ago, and they still haven't gotten back to it. And that's Ronan, Ronan and the you know the transplant. Yeah. I mean, why he came and took Chance's liver and, and and lied to everybody about what he did and left right after the surgery and then came back. They still have never explained any of that. And now this character is back, and he was supposed to accept him when he really has treated a lot of other people quite shabbily on the show. We are running out of time for today's show. We have about a minute left on this. I know that you're I'm sorry, on. I talk too much. No, absolutely not. It's it's it just happens every week. We seem to run out of time. But I know that you're on deck for the Bold and the Beautiful Two Scoops column this week. Yep. What are some of the things that you're going to be writing about that fans can look forward to? Well, I am just beside myself because I don't understand <laughs> why we're having this wonderful travelogue of Aspen paragliding and hot air ballooning when. Katie is going through this, you know, horrible postpartum depression. She's living in this disgusting, you know, flea bag motel. She's, you know, clearly looking like hell. And at the same time, we got, you know, Bill and Brooke up in a hot air balloon. You have Steffi who was crying her eyes out over Stephanie dying. And now she's been gone for two weeks on this, you know, toot with Liam. If she really loves her grandmother, Get back to Los Angeles and spend your, your her last two weeks with your grandmother. I just don't understand that. But to me, this, that storyline is completely out of whack. I don't know what Brad Bill was thinking. Well, I wish I had a, a musical interlude we would play up, up, and away in my beautiful balloon. I was balloon. thinking that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> but we are out of time. So, Allison, I want to thank you so much for calling in and for chatting about uh, both Y&R and B&B. And, of course, you'll be back in a couple of weeks when we do our big year-end wrap-up. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you so much, Allison. Bye-bye, Dan. Bye. All right, everybody. We're at the end of another show. I want to thank everybody who called in to be a part of today's show, to our columnists, Liz Masters, Jennifer Biller, Tony, Allison, who you just heard. And, of course, I want to thank everybody out there who's listened to the show and supported us over the past 150 episodes. As I mentioned to Allison, we're going to be coming up on our big year-end best-of and worst-of shows. Those will be on December 21st and 28th, so mark your calendars. Just a reminder, we're not on the air. You can check us out at SoapCentral.com for all of your latest soap news and recaps and scoops and, of course, two scoops columns. And when we're not on the air, you can call us on our 24-7 caller hotline, 267-341-7627. 
Again, that's 267-341-7627. If you've missed any part of today's show or just want to hear it again or to check out some of our past episodes, there's 149 other hours of shows, just head on over to SoapCentral.com slash radio. It's our official show page. You can listen to any show that we've ever broadcast right there. So that's it for this week. We're going to be back again next week with more. It's the same time, Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. So I hope that you'll join us then for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great weekend, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.